Those are scenes from a South African town where 1,234 people have been arrested so far and over 70 people have been killed. Today we're discussing the happenings in South Africa and I'm joined by my co-host as usual, Zenge. Hello, everybody. And we have a special guest, Nishka Pillay, a graduate student from Rhodes University in South Africa who is a politics graduate studying law. Welcome, Nishka. Hello, everybody. Hello, thank you so much for joining us, Nishka. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so um, Nishka, we just want to know, first of all, are you okay? Because the scenes out of South Africa aren't looking, I mean, many people could mistake it as something that's happening across the whole country. First of all, are you okay? And first, just like a starter pack, what is happening in South Africa in general? Um, okay, well, yeah, thankfully, I'm okay. I live uh, five hours away from KZN, which is where most of the looting has occurred. Yes, that's Cuisine Natal. Um, so I think most people in Johannesburg are okay. I think mm-hmm. um, they just emotionally rattled naturally because mm-hmm. they concern that um, they concern that you know it might spread to other provinces, but for the most part, it hasn't. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Are there any other areas that are really affected except it's only KwaZulu-Natal or are there any other? So it is, it's mostly KwaZulu-Natal and it's certain areas in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. But um, luckily in Johannesburg, I think communities have stepped in and really tried to um, de-escalate the situation as best as they can. Mm-hmm. So thankfully it hasn't reached, you know, the kind of scale that it did reach in KZN. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for our listeners, KZN is the home state of former President Jacob Zuma. And many people are sort of rooting this um, unraveling to the sentencing of Jacob Zuma. And if I remember correctly, it's like around, I think, 15 months sentence mm-hmm. for yeah. contempt of, was it contempt of court or? Right. Um, just yeah. before before we get into that, yeah. who is, like, what is the reason for this? What sparked the violence yeah, so that's going what, on in South what, Africa? What, What's the source of this? Yeah, what's the source of this? The source is kind of contested, isn't it? Okay, so I think, you know, that's quite a tricky question because there's a lot of um, theories about what sparked the conflict. But um, I think what most people are saying is that it was Jacob Zuma being jailed for 15 months. Mm -hmm. Jacob Zuma, who is... um, The former president of South Africa. He's the former president of South Africa um, um, because he refused to partake in a commission that dealt with very serious corruption allegations. Mm-hmm. And this is the so, famous Zondo commission, right? This is, yes, this is the famous, you know, the famous Zondo commission, and he refused to partake in really given his kind of side of the story. 
Uh-huh. And so the court um, basically has said, you know, he needs to go to jail for 15 months. And his main support is KZM. And they have kind of come out in their masses and said, well, we're going to loot until he's free. Uh-huh. Yeah. So basically, uh, most people would assume that after Jacob Zuma, um, South Africa's former president, resigned, and the whole Zuma must fall situation, people thought that Zuma's population wasn't as much as uh-huh. um, it looks like now. Uh-huh. Um, so to what extent could you say it's um, an issue to do with uh, Zuma's support or simply the larger issue of inequality in South Africa? Because that's also another situation that people initially didn't really address. Yeah, you see, that is, that's where um, it becomes tricky because Initially, people held that Jacob Zuma's support was kind of dwindling, especially given the very serious allegations that has been um, kind of held against him multiple times. Mm. And so people are wondering if it really is, um, you know, if the looting and the violence really is because of Jacob Zuma or if it's just because of the kind of inequality in the country and the lack of kind of policies um, really to address the inequality. So is it really Jacob Zuma or is it just inequality or was Jacob Zuma kind of the spark mm-hmm. um, and now it's turned into something else? That's what we're kind of, and people are unsure about now. Hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, like usually when these protests break out, you have a, a certain percentage of people that are just there to kind of take advantage of, you know, the situation. Cause I, I'm yeah. hearing, I saw a meme that recently that like they looted a zoo and someone stole a shark <laughs> and someone stole like, like I'm like why would you even steal that man it's looking yeah, like, that- like Bluma, so therefore I'm going to steal this zebra <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I don't get that how serious because the pictures that we see it's looking yeah. like a scene out of like Mad Max or like a Hollywood production type of scene so how because sometimes the media has a tendency to kind of blow things out of proportion and make mm, it no, seem definitely. like, yeah. So how close to reality is that? Is that like exactly as it looks or seems or the feeling in South Africa? Is that the feeling that's there right now? Or? Um, I think the scenes that you're seeing from, like from KZN or KZN at all mm-hmm. is definitely correct. But just, you know, the shock incident um, was actually apparently fake news. Oh. So, yeah, we don't really know if the shark was actually, <laughs> you know, if people really, yeah. hopefully they didn't, but yeah, there's no like um, verified source who said that the shark was stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the actual scenes. So no, the scenes no one saw the shark, listen. <laughs> yeah, no one saw that shark being stolen. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but all the other scenes that the media is portraying is correct. Um, and South Africans themselves are sharing you know, very similar images and so, or rather South Africans who are living in KwaZulu-Natal are sharing very similar images to what the media is sharing. When, whenever there's a time of like crisis, there's also a reproduction of fake stories and mm-hmm. misinformation just adding to the flames. I think uh, recent, I think there was a publication from the BBC that said one of Jacob Zuma's daughters posted something that wasn't actually happening in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes. In this crisis. So, yes. Wait. So I guess the narratives around is just just inflames everything, and then people get even more angry. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan, you're gonna say something? Yeah. Sorry, I, I wanted to know, like, uh, maybe both of you can answer this. But why did Jacob Zuma not go for these meetings? 
is it that he still thinks that he's innocent or does he think like this is uh i don't know maybe this is a campaign against him or something of that nature does anybody know i think um well first of all i think he believes that the commission um so this is the zonda commission and um well yeah mm-hmm. that the zonda commission so, is really biased so, so, against him for our listeners uh, uh raymond zondo who is the zondo commission is named after in a way is the chief justice deputy chief justice of south africa right yeah yeah thank you just what's going on um so yeah there's just he's jacob zuma and his team has released multiple statements saying that um you know zon like your yeah, deputy chief um zondo is biased that the commission is biased that the commission was not elected constitutionally and so he's yeah he doesn't believe that he actually should be held accountable by them and that he really should be held accountable i think at mm. all huh. so he's basically eating into the legitimacy of that commission and yes basically on that basis he feels he doesn't have to be answerable to them yes and a lot of people are saying that um you know he's eaten into the legitimacy now and that if he ever does testify and they find that he is guilty that that sentence that they hand out will be you know not as legitimate that's kind of what people are saying his long term strategy is but obviously like no one really knows if that is true i guess okay. yeah, yeah so when they uh when the when the constitutional court handed down the sentence it was almost like a victory for this pro zero ramaphosa and Sir yeah. is the president of South Africa current president and of the ANC yeah. sort of like a victory and the end of a chapter of that looked like factionalism uh the ANC but yeah. then there was this talk of some weird form of appeal even though you can't really appeal and then he was taken to jail which just seemed like you know it seemed like it's the story wasn't over yet um yeah i think you know the whole factionalism debate is one that like ANC really needs to get around mm-hmm. and they really need to figure it out because um you know in the political party they can't be they can't be too different they, they can't not be a united front because mm-hmm. in policy um it leads to very shaky and like unstable policies that are in place and also um just on the whole factionalism thing people are saying that you know um Jacob Zuma was only really kind of convicted because several once or Ramaphosa once another term and not really because Jacob Zuma is potentially guilty mm. and that that also all that sparks also more instability and in, you know the, the political climate mm-hmm. and so yeah yeah sorry uh just as somebody who's a rookie at law was he was this the final verdict or is he being punished for not coming to uh the commission so he so he no he's not been convicted of any of the corruption allegations this mm-hmm. was him not even just showing up mm-hmm. to give his like yeah just showing up never mind he hasn't been convicted on ev- on any evidence mm-hmm. so, yeah he just has failed to show up really so right, yeah. right now is he in prison or Yes, right now he's president. Oh, that's that's a hard yeah. thing to picture right now, man. Like he's your ex-president. If I'm not correct, he's the first president in South Africa, South Africa's history or post-apartheid history to be arrested, right? Um, honestly, I, I can't jail. comment on that. 
because yeah, I think in jail, I, yeah. Yeah, because they the I think before the whole issue was okay, we have the ANC and democracy and so on. There's massive inequality and there's lots of fat cats who are gaining a lot of money mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. ways. Um and this doesn't seem to be sort of like one rule for the big guys and another rule for the rest. Yeah. And it sort of seemed like, okay, finally something is being done. Mm-hmm. But then the people, we quote unquote the people, yeah. who Zuma seems to be popular with, rose up against them. it. It's sort of like one, like both, none of them seem to have the real legitimacy of the ANC. They both seem, the Syrian poster camp doesn't seem to be as popular with the people, at least from what's being shown. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's sort of like, yeah. and I, I'll be a bit controversial. <laughs> it's sort of this perception, which is like the middle class of South Africa are the ones that mostly support the Cyril Ramaphosa camp and the anti-Zuma, where Zuma is sort of the more urban working or unemployed um, camp. Is that, mm-hmm. is that wrong or maybe? Um, you know, that that's a very interesting perspective. And I think it's also echoed a lot um, in SA. And I think it's because obviously Sarah Ramaphosa is incredibly, incredibly wealthy. I think um, he's a multimillionaire in the country. And Jacob Zuma's like origin in the country really is a rags to riches story. He came mm-hmm. from like a very, very poor background he fought throughout, you know, the apartheid struggle and he worked his way up mm-hmm. to become president. Whereas people are saying that Ramaphosa just had money mm-hmm. and he was able to um, kind of, you know, fund his campaign well. And that's how mm-hmm. he got there. So, yeah, that, you know, that I think poorer South Africans, you know, support um, Zuma is, yeah, I, I do think that is true. That's interesting because you have like uh, 30% unemployment and keeps increasing. So it's like you'd expect people to finally go, like, oh, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe this guy isn't the right man for or somebody that represents us or something like that. But uh, yeah. my, my other question is what has, because I haven't seen anything from the current president so far, like except for the fact that he's, uh, I think there are troops now on the ground, right? Like yeah. what has his, uh, has he released any statements and, What's his uh, response to this, basically? Um, so I know in terms of him releasing troops, it was like several days after the violence and the looting mm. actually started. And he's been criticized um, about that like multiple times because people are saying, um, you know, you're so quick to release troops in other instances when there's other, you know, when there's service delivery protests, even when there's, you know, education protests. But when there's a protest or when there's looting on this scale, you waited days to do much. Um, but he ha- he did release a statement this morning and he is in KwaZulu-Natal. I think he's um, on the ground trying to see how bad the damage actually is. Mm-hmm. They've sort of been accused of being reactionary rather than proactive on, on most of the mm. issues. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's sort of pretty liberal with the military. And also, people also saying that, you know, maybe the ANC reacted so slowly because a lot of prosumer um, allies are still in the ANC. And maybe, you know, there is like a push for Zuma to, um, to obviously get out of prison. So even within the government and within the decision making and deploying of the military, 
Cyril Ramaphosa still has to do deal with uh, Zuma sympathizers, such mm. that even when he does something, he has to take that into account. He is, yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't have a full, you know, pro Zuma camp. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have full control in doing whatever he wants. Basically, so he has to mm. deal. With so Zuma's Zuma's influence is much bigger than you know. Once he resigned, people were like, ah, that's the end of him. Yeah. Wonderful South Africa sorted it out. Then he went to jail. It was like great, and then now we're here, and Zuma is now the number one issue that people are talking about. It's yeah, a- I think, um, and I think that also leads to the whole factionalism debate that you know has been like happening really throughout the ANC's. Or I guess like maybe throughout the like last 10, 15 years of the ANC. And even when Ramaphosa took, um, you know, took like, well, I guess became president, he addressed the whole factionalism and he said that, you know, we need to be united. But obviously, you know, years later, it's not, it's not true. They're not united. And, you know, there are um, still yeah, prosumer ministers in cabinets. And it's a very serious and one thing and one thing also that i'm not that i'm seeing in south africa is many of the areas that are being looted are actually mm. um not you know they're mostly black owned uh, you can correct me if i'm wrong i saw someone on SABC news the jablani shopping mall in, mm. in kauteng or yes basically. yeah uh, i think it was owned. it's owned by black people so many yeah. people that are being affected one are black people and a lot of them especially the small stores are black people with not a lot of income so they're mm-hmm. now on ground zero and you think of zuma's camp being the pro poor camp supposedly uh, and you don't know whether they're linked of course there's maybe some criminal elements that just have nothing to do with zuma but then if that's they're sort of implicitly connected to the the, the protests of Zuma going to jail against Zuma going to jail. So now the pro poor people and the pro Zuma people and the protesters, the protesters are fighting against the poor people, the poor South African people. <laughs> so it yeah. doesn't really help the whole narrative that Zuma is for the real people Pushing, yeah. of South Africa. And I think that that's actually the really funny part that, you know, the poor people in this country are undoubtedly going to be affected in the long run. Um, and people are releasing all sorts like sort of statistics saying that, you know, the price of food is going to increase. And as it is, I think, you know, the amount of South Africans who live in a permanent state of like food insecurity, who live really like in poverty, um, but all those people are going to be even more affected because of what has happened. And South Africa seems to be in bondage with the ANC. There's, we there's, are under a spell, I tell you. It's a bad relationship and like no one wants to leave. <laughs> and and has there has there been any response from um the opposition? For example, there's that the EFF leader has he spoken about this, or is there any response from the opposition? So the EFF, yeah, the um one of the South African opposition leaders, um, so the leader Julius Malema released a statement. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, he said that, you know, people should go on the ground and start, um, I don't really know, for, I don't know, fighting or not mm-hmm. entirely sure the exact words he used. Yeah. And then... condemned what's mm-hmm. going explicitly, at least. Uh, yeah. Um, but there's also a lot of, you know, conspiracy theories about Malema, but I, yeah, I don't think I should go into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
because <laughs> yeah we need to be following facts but yeah. um and then another opposition party i think is in the process of filing charges against um apparently the people who've incited the violence mm. or yeah some of the people who've incited the violence so that's yeah that's all that's really been done yeah and, and some of the scenes some of the scenes are pretty grim i mean i think everyone by now knows the scenes of that child who had to be thrown off um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, shopping, yeah. um, a, a shopping store or something yeah. um it's, i don't know if that was johannesburg or somewhere yeah uh, yeah that was that was pretty grim and how, yeah. how, what's the mood like in general in south africa uh, are the people also as disunited as the anc or is they just uh... <laughs> um i think you know the nice thing i think the very special thing about south africans is that i think communities really do get together and rally together to um, step in when the government repeatedly fails to do. So I know, for example, in Johannesburg, a lot of schools, the school that like I even went to, a lot of communities have gotten together and um, have asked for donations or send in um, escorted uh, trucks down to Durban or send in flights down to Durban to provide medical supplies, food, um, nappies, all of those stuff. And I think yeah, like it's. I think it is a mood of solidarity for the most part. Yeah, and I'm um, sorry to take you guys back. Sorry, <laughs> but you, um, you guys mentioned the damage that has occurred in um, South Africa, and a lot of people, you know, I think the picture you have of South Africa is this like amazing, you know, um, sort of a rich country that exists in in Africa. And when you see protests uh, occur in, uh, in the West, for example, people tend to be like, oh, it's fine because they're going to be able to rebuild. Be okay. Be okay eventually. Do you think that South Africa is going to bounce back uh, quickly from the damage that has occurred uh, right now? Um, I don't know about quickly, hey? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I do think, I do think eventually, um, I do. Do you think eventually we will bounce back? But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I not not quickly, not in the next year, I think. And on top of that, we're still de- dealing with COVID um, and you know a very slow vaccine rollout, mm-hmm. which obviously is not helping yeah, and the current situation. The yeah, COVID pandemic, which is also another addition to the inequality. It's like this yeah. was like a simmering pot, and then now people is just all hell's breaking loose. Um, yeah, because the uh, would it be fair to say that apartheid inequalities are still quite, you know, um, oh yeah, definitely evident in South yeah. Africa. And then you add COVID, and then you add corruption, um, and it's just yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> um, but I think even yeah, I think you know, COVID obviously sparked a lot of inequality because we've been put on really, really harsh lockdowns, mm. um, and people haven't really been given any sort of economic package to get them through the lockdowns so i know we were put um on a lockdown like i think a little bit over a week ago and it was abrupt and there hasn't really been any sort of like economic package lockdown yeah so um it's what it's not the as bad as the lockdown we were on last year but yeah restaurants um for the most part were asked to close others not allowed to be um sold um, up until recently, gyms were not allowed to be open. Wow. So a lot of yeah, a lot of sectors have been kind of been forced to shut down. And I think it's it's very unrealistic to expect people to just stay at home and 
not give them any sort of you know economic package and then expect them to be okay like it's so people would rather take the risk of getting coronavirus yes have some food mm. other than mm. stay indoors um if you have shelter in some serious situations um, yeah um, yeah exactly speaking about uh food insecurity i read somewhere that uh the south african farmers have reportedly lost about 205,000 US dollars because the food became uh it's perishable food so it got destroyed um so how does this affect um food insecurity and i was actually going to ask you but i think you mentioned this earlier i was going to ask you if it's difficult for you to go out and actually uh purchase food um so like luckily yeah obviously mm-hmm. i live as i said i live like 5 hours or 5 6 hours away from kwazulu-natal but i think in johannesburg a lot of people are panic buying so yeah yesterday when i went to the shops there was no veggies on the shelves there's no bread um there's only almond milk um, <laughs> which is great but like where's the milk um, yeah yeah oh my yeah. god so so even wow so the shops that are there are being yeah. like subject to panic buying and then the shops that you know that aren't open are being looted like mad yeah this where's the food so the whole yeah. there's like there's basically an emergency type of mentality going on yeah i think um and the issue is obviously we're in the middle of the month um uh-huh. so south africans you can't afford which i think the lot of south africans you can't afford to stock up stock up uh-huh. um uh you yeah, potentially might be facing i think your yeah, food insecurity um, so it's tempting to loot then if you think that's the thing if you yeah i think you know if you don't have if you if you have nothing to lose um i can understand why people are willing to risk covid and even sometimes their lives for like food because like what other option i know that's a very controversial statement to make but right. like what other option do people really have yeah and i think Sorry, go ahead. I was just I, I was I was going to ask what you think the solution was but maybe Nathan has a Yeah, that's just my last my last question because uh I know that in South Africa it has a pretty uh high percentage of people that own guns, especially illegal yes. people <laughs> who have illegal um weapons. Africa is America. <laughs> yeah. Um and their concerns as to um people are just going to go out and just and kind of like an all out war bro is going to uh go on uh, particularly in Kwazulu Natal um do you think this is likely or are we just kind of you know the sky is falling the sky is falling type of situation yeah that that's that's a good question <laughs> yeah um you know i think communities as i said you know obviously like the any sort of like military and police forces were kind of yeah they arrived i think a bit too late to the scene and as a result communities kind of felt like they had to um defend themselves with guns and i think now the problem is that they still think that it's okay to you know resort into like using firearms when that really shouldn't be our first like our first way to engage in the situation mm. but i mean i don't think there's going to be you know everyone kind of pulling out a firearm Yeah. at every instant like I, i i don't think that i don't i hope that's not going to happen and i don't i don't think it is going to happen yeah. yeah 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 so um unless we've got any other questions i think we can close by asking i've always wondered cyril looks like the most stressed president in the world <laughs> every time i see him aside from that time when he found where's my ipad 
I'm looking for my iPad. Wait, did you guys? How did you guys see that? I, I didn't know that made like international. The iPad situation, but yeah. I'm from that him discovering his iPad. Uh, yeah, thankfully it wasn't stolen. <laughs> so stressed. What would you? Yeah, basically what I'm asking. What's what's the solution? Like, what would you suggest? And what what would you do if you were Cyril? And this is also to Nathan as well. Whoa. <laughs> right now, because we—it's easy to complain, but like mm. Mm. very, very, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think. Okay, I can. Yeah. Do you want to go? I think. No, I think first. Okay. Um, I think first and foremost, they need to start. Uh, like they need, the military really does need to be seen way more. So communities don't, you know, think that it's okay to become heroes in these type of situations because it's. It's sparking more unrest, and I think in many communities it's leading to a lot of racial um, tension. Um, and then in the long run, I think the government needs to start focusing on moving away from a mentality of grants and rather a mentality of we need to be um, encouraging more like entrepreneurship. I don't know if I pronounced that right, yeah. but yeah. yeah, more like yeah, I think sort of lifting people up there rather than just handing out. Mm, yeah and and mm. in the long run I think that's better not just for you know one person who has a job it's better for their families it's better for the community it's better for us um you know as an economy really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's true and Nathan yeah Nathan. I think we're out of time right now so um, <laughs> 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 no, I, I I really don't have enough information to to really uh dive into into that yeah. that's why i had so many questions for her man which is why we have a guest from south africa yeah precisely man yeah. africa for dummies right <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway um that was the episode the third episode uh thank you so much for joining us thank you to nishka for joining us and uh, thank, thank you so much guys thank you to zengi as well see you guys next time Somebody,